Welcome to Real Marketers, where we hear from marketers who move fast, ask forgiveness, not permission, obsess about driving results, and are filled to the brim with crazy ideas and the guts to implement them. This is not a fireside chat, and there's absolutely no bullshit allowed here. And I'm your host, Stephanie Cox. I have more than 15 years of marketing experience, and I've pretty much done about everything in my career. I believe speed is better than perfection. I use the Oxford comma. I love Coca-Cola, have exceptionally high standards, and surround myself with people who get shit done. On this show, my guests and I will push boundaries, share the real truths about marketing, and empower you to become a real marketer. Innovation, exceptional brand experiences. We all talk about them as marketers, but how often do we really spend time figuring out how we innovate? Especially if we're in companies that maybe are more conservative or traditional. How often do you spend time thinking about creating an exceptional brand experience and not just thinking about it, but mapping out a plan to do it? That's exactly what today's guest has done. She has really taken a manufacturing company that's fairly traditional or has been in the past and really layered that with an innovative marketing approach that involves social selling with their sales team, creating an influencer program internally, and so much more. In this episode, we chat with Laura Rose, Global Marketing Director at Stanley Security. She has more than 10 years of marketing experience and previously worked at Corson Fire and Security, Target 20 CRM, The Bottom Line, and Digital Knowledge. We're talking about how to create an exceptional brand experience, the benefits of an internal influencer program, getting the sales team on board with social selling, the importance of celebrating everyone, even the small ones, and so much more. Before we dive into all things marketing, let's start with my typical first question, which is what is something that few people know about you? That's, um, it's a funny question and I knew it was coming and it's one that I always struggled with, but I was thinking about it and I asked my husband last night and he said, you know, you love to be spontaneous, but I think most people would be shocked with that response. Um, I think, you know, in my professional life, I'm pretty buttoned up and very organized person, but I like just love to be spontaneous. Um, I don't get to be spontaneous very often, but it's like my dream for my husband to wake me up one morning and say, pack your bags. You have 20 minutes. We're going somewhere and it's a surprise. Um, so something so funny to know about me. <laughs> I was gonna say, that's so funny that you say that. A lot of people would tell you I'm not spontaneous either because I am a planner and I'm typically pretty buttoned up on a lot of things professionally, but I am also, I love being spontaneous and my husband and I have done exactly what you just said, which was on a Wednesday, we decided we wanted to go on a vacation and then literally less than 48 hours later, we flew out to Hawaii for four days. Oh my God. I'm so jealous. <laughs> so <laughs> it was great. It was my dream. Um, and normally like I probably, you know, would have planned that if we were, it was the first time we ever went to Hawaii even. And we just said, okay, we could go one of these two places with like, you know, airline points and hotel points. And where do like, where do you want to go to like somewhere in the Caribbean or Hawaii? We're like, well, let's go to Hawaii for four days. Why not? So, and we just oh, did. That is, that is so amazing. I love everything about that. But we're not here to talk about 
spontaneity, like spontaneity or trips or anything like that, but to talk about marketing and what you're doing at Stanley Security. So I would love to know a little bit about, you know, when I think of Stanley, my experience has been, it's more of a traditional business, right? But mm-hmm. you're really helping move it towards more of a technology focused business centered around the customer. So I would love to know, like, in your role, how are you helping move the company forward and what are you struggling with to make that happen? Yeah, I, um, you know, I always say that this is like my favorite time to be a marketer. And the reason behind that is because the tools that we have available to us now, um, you know, it used to be marketing was really considered, you know, the trade shows or especially in the B2B space the trade shows, the sales enablement, the sales flyers and literature. Um, But it's so much more than that. And now, especially as we're looking to become more technology forward and moving into more of SaaS um, model, it is so important that the business has really exceptional customer experiences. And to me, that's what, that's the role that marketers play now. We're not just here for new product launches or to throw some sales collateral together or to do a trade show. Instead, we're here about building experiences that drive strangers to become customers and brand advocates. Um, So I I really think as more and more companies, because so many of of the companies are doing this now, everyone's trying to go through a digital transformation, right? Um, But I think those companies that are embracing marketing for what it can be and what it should be, and really looking at the experiences that they're building for their customers, those are going to be the companies that are going to succeed. So when you think about creating this customer experience that turns, you know, strangers into brand advocates, what does that look like for you? Or what are the things, you know, the emotions that you're trying to create out of that? Yeah, that's a good question. So for us, I mean, even just thinking about, um, how do we generate a lead? You know, it used to be you go to trade shows, you do, um, you put some sales material together, you're out in the field with the sales team. Um, while we still do some of that, um, although COVID put a big wrench in that strategy, um, it's really more about how are our customers behaving online? So how can we make sure that our business is capturing our customers where they are when they are, um, with the message that resonates to them, um, and then bringing them into a website experience that serves their needs and helps them get the information that they need better. Um, and then once they kind of get over that and they're a marketing qualified lead, now how can we keep them engaged? How can we stay top of mind for them and create a really enjoyable experience? Um, so an example would be, Like if you think about um, actually one of our colleagues in the UK had his his car serviced. I think it was a a BMW, but he he captured this experience. He's like, oh, my gosh, this was the best experience I've had. And I know it's a a B2C experience, but I think our customers across the board, it doesn't matter if they're now working in a, you know, a B2B experience, their their expectations are going to be the best experience that they had in any, any area. Um, the experience he had 
was the, you know, as soon as the technician was on his way, he got the text. He knew what the technician was going to look like. The technician arrived on site, took pictures of what happened and what he fixed, sent that back through a text. And it was just this really great experience where the customer always knew what was happening, what had happened, what was the next step, and, um, and had an active line or open line of communication. So what you just, that example you just gave right there, I think is, you know, once you see that as a consumer, right, and that's an exceptional brand experience, you now have that same expectation for all the other brands that you really see and use on a daily basis. So if you're, if that is kind of like your ideal goal, how do you think about getting your brand to, to that level and where does digital transformation fit in? Because like you said, a lot of companies are trying to do it and it's really hard. Yeah, it is so hard, right? Um, it's hard because you, we have different data sets and, um, and as a marketer, we may not have access to everything. Um, but I think what's been really just awesome to see is the power of marketing automation. And we can start to solve for some of the pain points um, that our customers have. <clears throat> so we're looking at, you know, we we work across our different departments. We bring key influencers across our business together to map out these customer journeys. And we identify where are the pain points that we can use marketing automation to really improve. And that's where it gets so exciting. Um, it's just, it's a really cool time to see where marketing can come in and actually help to solve some business problems um, and create a better experience for the customer. I know we talked about really everything that's happened with COVID this year and the impact it's had on marketers. And you, you mentioned that, right? But when you think about your digital transformation happening within Stanley, is that, was that starting before COVID happened? Did COVID accelerate that? Like what impact have you seen and then, you know, a lot of the channels that you mentioned that a lot of marketers used to do, like trade shows, as an example, or traveling with the sales team, with those being unavailable today, you know, has that helped or hurt your case for wanting to really shift more digitally? Yeah. Um, so yes and yes to your first two questions. Um, we did start on this transformation before COVID happened, but COVID certainly accelerated the path. Um, so as a marketing team, um, I've been with Stanley for about a year and a half, and I'd say um, last year we really looked at our strategy and started to say, like, why are we doing it this way? Um, and that's when we were spending, you know, a ton of money in trade shows, um, and and we were starting to focus on our website, but it, it's pretty it's pretty dated, and we're currently um, about to launch a new new updated site here in the next couple months. But um, last year we started looking at how can we start to be more customer centric in our marketing efforts and less about a new product launch or a trade show that's coming up and really focus on our customers. And um, for us, that came, that came in the form of really looking at our content strategy and focusing on becoming thought leaders in this space using really timely and relevant content. So I think one of the best things that we did last year, and I'm just so thankful, I had no idea how important this was going to be until COVID hit, um, but we 
we developed an influencer program. And, and I think this is one of the things that's really hard for, for marketers too, because you come in and if you want to create really timely, good, relevant content, all of a sudden you have to be an expert in all things of your business. And that's hard and that takes time, especially with a, a business like Stanley, where we have, you know, they're literally, we could integrate hundreds of different solutions and products and, and we can't, we can't become experts on all of those things as marketers. It's just, it's not going to happen and we don't have the time. So what we did is we looked at, well, let's, let's leverage the brain power of these experts within our business. So we developed this influencer program where we have, I think we have 23 individuals in North America now, and they span all different functions. So we have some from sales, some from operations, um, you name it. We have influencers from all, all areas of business, but we get with them on a quarterly basis and we talk through what are you hearing with your customers, what's going on in the industry, and we help to use that to inform our content roadmap. And then they also actually help us develop the content. So it's, it was a really great, um, a great program that we established in 2019. And um, it was helpful. We were, you know, we established a blog as well. We saw SEO um, really start to improve that, that content strategy and influencer program that empowered our PR efforts. Um, but what was interesting is what happened when COVID hit. So starting in January, we had a, a totally different marketing strategy for 2020. We were really excited. We had done all of this research looking at um, all of the different branches we have across North America, and we have quite a few. We had a, a relatively small budget for the size of business we were. So we had a really scrappy plan of looking at each one of our markets, understanding the current search volume for our key solutions, and um, also pairing that with what is the, the competition in that market, what's our um, cost per lead, what would our cost per lead there be, and then we prioritize the markets with that information and paired it with what's our sales readiness in each market to turn those leads into real opportunities and what's our operational readiness to actually deliver exceptional customer experience. Because at the end of the day, we had a limited number of dollars and we wanted to make sure that every dollar we spent had a good chance of becoming actual revenue for the business. Well, and I want to so, stop you right there. Like that is yeah. so important that I feel like so many people in marketing don't get is that you can generate leads all day if you wanted to, right? But mm -hmm. if you don't have someone that can follow up with them and provide an exceptional experience, like it doesn't really matter. Absolutely. Um, so I've spent my entire career in B2B service industries. So it's always been um, a challenge for me to secure marketing dollars to spend in a digital format um, because, you know, the owners and leadership were just so used to thinking about marketing and trade shows. Um, so this has been a, a strategy of truly looking at a, at a micro level of where can we truly drive revenue. Um, and it's in a service industry, it's so important that you're working in lockstep with not just your sales, but your operations team, 
to make sure and understand what's their current backlog. Um, you know, if, if I generate 100 new leads for this branch this month, what's the, the likelihood that they can even deliver on that? So it's a really important um, concept and one that's, I think, even more important or more, um, more challenging in a service industry. But, but it was definitely, we got to a really good point at the beginning of the year. We were so excited. We went through that whole process, had identified our key geographies of focus. We knew what solutions um, we were most likely to win in that market as well. So if you think about, you know, in a certain um, market, you might have a, a competitor do really well with video, but they don't do access control. So we knew we were going to lead with access control in this market, this message, and we would win. Um, when COVID hit and we had this like really robust, very strategic geography um, approach, our leadership team started meeting on a daily basis in the mornings to talk about what's going on with COVID. And we started to see, you know, city after city go into lockdown. And quickly, my entire marketing strategy was just like going out the window, like, well, this is not going to work. <laughs> if every, you know, every day a new city is, um, is going on lockdown, it just didn't feel right. It also didn't feel right to be advertising our solutions um, in that current environment either. Even though we are um, we are an essential business, we were still doing business. It just felt um, it just didn't feel right to be trying to um, capitalize on the current environment back when COVID hit. I think so, a lot of marketers felt that way, right? It's just, yeah. it's odd. And it's hard. Well, the, what the part that was so hard, I think for me too, was this idea of like, no one's been there before. Like, who do you go to or what book do you read to help you figure this out? Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. But um, when that started happening, that is when we realized the power of the influencer program. So as soon as we started to see these different markets close, we, I, I actually think we had one of our campaigns live for 45 minutes and then we decided to just shut off oh, the wow. thing. Um, so we just, we scrapped that plan. We got all of our influencers together in an emergency meeting and we just sat down and as a team, not just marketers, but we had marketers, product, sales, sales operations, and operations all together thinking through how can we best serve our customers during this time? Um, and we actually built a, a customer COVID journey. So thinking through what are they going through in this moment? What's running through their mind? Um, what, what are the actions that they are going to need to take and how can we better support them with timely, relevant content? So we created a, an entirely new strategy almost overnight, but with the help of our business and all of these experts within our business. Um, and then those individuals helped us to start write, writing some of this content. So an example would be, how do you use your existing security systems to um, 
to help offset COVID um, restrictions or whatever. So we, we started developing really good content that was timely and relevant. We didn't try to sell anything. Our only goal was to help our customers through their, their time of need. And when we did that, we saw an increase of organic traffic by 53%. It was just, it was incredible. Yeah, it was, it was a really good reminder for me of like, holy cow, when we just put our customers literally at the center of our strategy and we're not trying to sell them anything, holy cow, we can make an impact. It was, it was a really cool experience. Um, And then shortly after that, we started to think through, we went through the same exercise, but for our sales team, because I think, you know, marketers have, we have our external audience and then you have your internal audience in a business. And so we thought through, okay, what are, what is our sales team going through? How can we as marketers better support them and how can they support us? So we developed a social selling toolkit and really thought if, if we don't have any paid behind our campaigns right now or behind our content, um, how do we make sure that it gets the most exposure possible? And we decided we were really going to be heavy social media, but relying on our sales organization. So we have roughly 300 sales consultants across North America that we engaged. And when we started to focus on our customer and then our and sales team empowerment, we saw an increase of 63% in leads. So it was um, it was a really, really cool experience and one that I think I'll, I'm sure I'll look back on and um, use as a guide um, for many years to come. So first thing, when you talk about influencers, I think sometimes marketers get these ideas of like, okay, TikTok or Twitter that have hundreds of thousands of followers. When you think about influencers for your brand, how did you define that? How did you figure out what an influencer should look like for Stanley? That's a really good question. And I, um, I'm glad you said that. So our influencer program, those were individuals within our business who had influence on our business. So they're subject matter experts. They are leaders in the business. They're visionaries to, you know, understand where do they think the the industry is going. Um, They're not influencers with our, they're not external influencers that you would see. Like, you know, as marketers, we think of like the Instagram influencers or, or whomever. These were individuals within our business who were subject matter experts. Um, But we created the program in a way we really wanted. I mean, we're asking a lot of them. Um, We we meet with them on a quarterly basis and we ask them to develop content. And everyone, especially now, everyone is already way over capacity. So for us to be asking as a marketing team, hey, can you write a blog? Can you write a case study or something? We had to give them something else in return. And so that's where we we developed this influencer program because we wanted them to be an influencer within our organization. And we wanted to help them build their personal brand as well. So if you go to our website, you can see, um, you know, each blog shows which influencer helped to create or curate that content. Um, we also actually found it was a great way um, to get our internal teams to share our content out with their networks. 
if if Stanley Security publishes something, you're going to get a lot less engagement than if, you know, a specific person within the organization wrote something, their name is on it. Now that person wants to share it with their networks. Their colleagues want to share it with their networks. That person's family wants to share it with their networks because it has a person's face on it and it's personal. Um, so really good distinction. You're, you're right. You know, what we call an influencer is very different than what a traditional marketer would, would call an influencer. But it's probably also more effective, right? Because I think sometimes, you know, when you think about influencers, you, like you mentioned, Instagram, social media is where we go. But when you're, you know, more of a business like yours, the influencers are really your subject matter experts within your own company and they're an untapped resource. So I, especially when you're talking about sharing on social, cause I want to get to how you got your sales team on board with um, <laughs> social selling. So we can talk about that in a second, but you know, was there a lot of convincing that you needed to do internally to start this influencer program to get buy-in from both the people you wanted to participate and also just overall within, you know, leadership, because these are people who are likely, as you mentioned, at capacity, very busy, but also they're the best people to do it. So how did yeah. you get buy-in from all those groups? Yeah, great question. So we actually, we have a really good relationship and have some extraordinary talent in, um, in our sales leadership organization as well. Um, so we have our sales leaders are also a part of the influencer program. Um, now I will say COVID really accelerated the social selling aspect. Um, we actually tried a social selling pilot program in January and, um, it was a little lackluster. <laughs> it didn't have nearly the impact that we wanted it to, um, but man, when you have 300 sales consultants who are used to being out in the field and knocking on doors and now they're stuck at home, um, you have a much, much more um, open and, you know, that audience was really looking for, for something and some help. And we were able to, to satisfy that with our social selling content and that that COVID customer journey content. So we think it may forward, right? When hopefully we're able to be around other people again and whatever this you know new world looks like. And you can go back to having trade shows. You can go back to visiting customers and traveling with the sales team. What do you, what do you think stays with everyone? Does your sales team, you think, continue with social selling? Is this changing their behavior long-term or are they seeing this as kind of like an interim solution for the challenges they're facing? Yeah. You know, I think about that a lot. Um, we've actually, the, the social selling engagement that we had back in um, May and June is we peaked then. We had by far the most engagement from our sales org. Um, and that's, pittered off a little bit um, in the past couple months. So I, I certainly think there's, you know, as people are able to go out and start seeing their customers, um, some, some of our organization will go back to kind of their old ways of selling. Um, but I think that's where the customer journey piece comes in. You know, we were, we were able to help our sales org in their time of need, just the same way that we were able to help our customers in their time of need with really timely, relevant content. 
and then making that content available for our teams to share with their networks when they were sitting at home behind a computer. Um, but as we, you know, plan for 2021 and what the future looks like when we all, you know, if life is back to normal, I think that's the business is still in a, a transformation and Stanley Security has been in a transformation for about two years and it's we're really looking at the power of data and we have all of these different security systems across, you know, 700,000 customers globally. The data that we have available to us um, is exceptional and and what we can do with that data to become more predictive for our customers is, is really exciting. So we'll continue to see this digital transformation really drive us forward, not just in marketing, um, but it'll look different than what it did in May and June. You know, it won't be all about social selling. It'll be about creating that really exceptional customer journey. So we can start to, um, so we can start to create experiences that frankly, our, our consumers are used to having in their, in their daily lives. You've talked a lot about big transformational changes within the organization. How did you help make that shift from a culture perspective? Because when I thought of Stanley before, I've really thought of it more as a traditional manufacturing company from, you know, in terms of product, marketing, et cetera, that, you know, it tends to be more slow moving and conservative, but you're really, like you said in the very beginning, right? Like shifting to be more technology focused, fast paced, less reactive, more proactive, really thinking about the customer experience. And that has to be a big culture change for everyone that's been there, you know, a long time. How do you help change culture? Yeah, I, um, I can't take credit for the culture at Stanley. It, it was honestly one of the things that truly drove me to join the team. Um, I, I had the same, the same concern when I started interviewing of, gosh, is this going to be like a really tired old company that moves super slow? Um, and it's not. So, you know, Stanley's been in this transformation for about a couple years now. Um, and one thing that just excites me every day is we have a, a culture around innovation. Um, and so you never hear someone say, well, we've always done it this way. Um, it, it is, it was already a part of the culture to challenge the status quo, um, which was really enticing to me as a marketer, um, coming into a, a security company and the security industry as a whole, you know, up until recently seemed pretty tired <laughs> and, and um, not exciting to me, you know, a year and a half ago when I was interviewing. Um, but it was the culture of, holy cow, like they're serious about um, innovation and challenging the status quo. Um, anyone with a good idea of how we could do something different or better, um, that idea is heard. And that is something that I really strive to, to create within my team as well. Um, so I, you know, a couple ways that I just try to take that culture and make sure that I'm instilling it within my teams is certainly really advocate for celebrating the wins, even the really small wins. It's so important that we, that you 
get to celebrate each milestone that you have and all of the little wins in between. Um, and then certainly challenging the status quo. Um, the way we do things today is so vastly different than how we approach marketing even just a year ago. Um, and part of that is because of COVID, but most of it is because um, we just continue to ask, why are we doing that? Um, and could we do it better? And having the courage to try new things is really important. Um, and I also always talk about let's fail fast and fail often. We can't be afraid to try new things. I don't know about you, but I absolutely love what Laura did with her internal influencer program. I think a lot of times when marketers think about influencers, we assume they have to be these big names on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, you name it, but they don't. And Laura proves that, especially when you think about the true experts for your industry work at your company. This concept really provides low hanging fruit. And I know that's like a cliche word that some of us hate to hear, but it's true. It's a low hanging fruit option for you as a marketer to create an internal influencer program. And it could really help your brand in 2021. You've been listening to Real Marketers. If you love what you've heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. And don't forget to tell a friend. All of this marketing goodness shouldn't be kept a secret.